трибунах олеют знамена, Облака под небесни плывут. Hello and welcome to this special edition of the Russian Football News Podcast where we're going to be previewing this week's Europa League games mainly because of our English language audience because we've got uh, Liverpool and Manchester United coming to to Moscow this week but obviously we'll also look at the Europa League games for Zenit and uh, Lokomotiv Moscow. Um, Same as usual, my usual guest with me is uh, Toka Thilaid. How are you sir, editor of Russian Football News? Yeah, hey Thomas, it's always good to be on the podcast. Good stuff. And I we, think this, go, go this should be a good one. Yeah, it, it certainly will be. We've got a new guest as well, Toker. We don't know, don't quite know how he's going to behave. Might have to put a little restraining order on him later, but we'll find out. It's our, it's, <laughs> it's our resident Irishman, Artyom Makarevich. Not the most Irish name I've ever heard, Artyom. Hey, yeah, not at all. Thanks for having me on, Thomas. Good stuff. Uh, just, just for the listeners, just that m- they might be interested in sort of your with your living in Ireland with your Irish accent. You've got a Russian name. What, what's the story behind that? Uh, yeah, my both of my parents are actually from well, former Soviet Union, and that's actually where I was born in Samara. And then when I was three years old, I moved over here, so I picked up the accent. All right, perfect. Um, so let's deal with the first game then, lads. Let's go for uh, it's Spartak Liverpool on Tuesday, and that's obviously at at Kriti Arena. At Liverpool fans coming over. Um, Toko, I'll come to you first. Spartak, not the ideal preparation there with the two-two draw at the weekend. Don't you think, Thomas? Spartak are actually unbeaten in the last six games. Uh, the only problem is that they haven't won any of them as well. So uh, <laughs> yeah. You're right. It, it's it's not looking very good for Spartak. They are actually yesterday. I, I came to think about how they how Leicester completely collapsed after they won the Champions League, and and I think that's a pretty good comparison for for Englishmen who want to learn more about Spartak Moscow because they won the league last season and it looked really good. It was quite a surprise, and then this season is like the players have completely lost faith in the head coach. There have been some rumors about them. A rebellion against head coach yeah, Massimo Carrera, and it just—it it seems like the players don't want to fight for him. It seems like they're actually trying to get rid of him. Last week they were up two 0 against uh, Tosno, who, who are one of the worst teams in the league. They were eleven against ten men, and still managed to throw away the lead and, and uh, draw two two in the last ten minutes. So it seems like the players are actually trying to to get rid of the head coaches. It's it's a mess these days, really. Yeah, and Artyom, I don't know how much of you saw of that. Um, I mean, Toka mentions the Tottenham match there. We also had the 2-2 draw at the weekend. I mean, Spartak was so reliable last season, and this season, that has just completely flipped on its head. Uh, yeah, it's it's a bit strange, actually, because this season they just can't seem to see games out. The Tosno game is actually a perfect example of that. It's They went 2-0 up, Tosno had a red card as well, and then just when they're defending... When it comes late into the game, under pressure, they just can't seem to be able to deal with it. The only thing I would say, though, guys, is um, with that 2-2 draw and energy, the pos- positive aspect is they did actually get an equaliser in the last minute. So perhaps there's a bit of bit of a fight coming into that Liverpool game. Yeah, it, it did give them some momentum, of course. But that game, it, it should never have been uh, even clo- remotely close to a draw because Sparta was so dominant in... In that part of the game, they, they had a lot of chances and should really just have gotten up 2-3-0 and, and closed the game. But instead, they gave away two unnecessary goals, especially Antje's goal for 2-1. Was, that, was, that was ridiculous. They, <laughs> Antje, uh, Spartak got a counter and then Antje just went on a counter-attack, went six, six strikers against one defender and, 
and easily scored and, and made it 2-1. That was that was simply unforgivable in my in my opinion. And Arthur, I'm just thinking about Liverpool fans listening to this. So coming into this game, we've sort of spoken about their recent form, if you like, and how they're having a bit of a disaster. What sort of playing style would you expect from Spartak, and what can Liverpool fans expect? You know, I actually think that Spartak play not exactly like Liverpool, but I feel like they're. The fact that they they are very good in attack, but quite dodgy in defence is quite similar. Um, against Liverpool, I think they should put. I think they should play their usual style and just try and get forward as much as possible. But especially with Liverpool's gig and pressing, I don't think they'll be able to do that quite well. I think whatever whatever defenders they play. Uh, they'll be very under pressure, especially against the pace of Liverpool's attack. So I'm just thinking here, Toka, with Liverpool are not going to change their style here, are they? They'll go with that high press, as Artyom says. Um, so are we just thinking Bartek might actually... I mean, Artyom says they should go for it. Would you go along with that, or would you think actually just sit back a bit and you might actually get a bit of a result here? Because I'm personally, I'm thinking, if you can soak up the Liverpool pressure, you will get a chance. I think uh, Carrera. I mean, he is Italian after all. I think he'll be a, he'll be quite pragmatic. In the weekend, they played four 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 two, uh, which is often does against weaker teams. But when they play against strong opponents, he'll usually go with his, um, this three five two or a five three two with with two wing backs uh, to create. Yeah, and I think I think he'll sit back. Spart- this part of the team, they have a lot of injuries, so it's it's not in the, and it's not in the best form. So I think he'll be pragmatic. If they can get a point, he'll be really happy. Um, and I think he'll focus mainly on the defense. And then hopefully, if Quincy Promus, the big star on the team, will be healthy for the game, I think he'll he'll wish something from, from him if he can create a, a piece of magic or something like that. Because as you said, of course, you'll get chances against Liverpool. That's, a, that's almost a fact. But I think Carrera will focus mainly on the defense and then take whatever happens after that as a, as a bonus. I mean, Artyom, uh, promise, meant, uh, promise? Toka mentions promise there, and he's, he mentions that injury, but we, we are, I think we're expecting him to be back for Tuesday. If not, obviously that's a huge miss, but another huge miss in that midfield uh, will be Denis Glushikov, who's not back till late September. Maybe he will make the game, I don't know, but that will be a huge miss. Yeah, absolutely, and I think one of the main things about Glushikov is that he's a leader in midfield as well. He can organise it and uh, he's quite good at going back and going forward. So he is really a big miss for the team. Would you say that his injury could really... I mean, we're talking about Spartak here and how they're on a bad run of form. Could his injury actually make it worse? Because you talk about that leadership there, Artyom. Do you think that bringing that leadership off the pitch, really, involuntarily, of course will have a really bad psychological effect on Spartak? Uh, yeah, I think so. I think especially if, say, Spartak go down early on in the game, they're going to need a pickup, and if the pickup's not there, then it could cause them even more problems. Do you go along with that with, as well, Toka? Yeah, of course. I mean, Glushukov was one of the leading players last season. He was the guy they always looked for to, to score an important goal late in the game. I mean, I think... All of his goals were were decisive last season. He got like six or eight match-winning goals. So he's such an important player for this team. And his 
as Ashram said, he's not only important in the defense, but also going forward. He really is a, a two-way player who he just contributes to everything Spasic does. Plus, Jokov is uh, involved in one way or another. So, have, uh, being without him is that's just a that's a massive loss. And so, with Carrera, then we've talked about that Italian style going into it. And do we think that I don't know? Could he actually change at all? Would will he do something that he won't? We won't really be able to predict, Artyom, Do you think, or do you think he will go? I mean, Toka says he'll be pragmatic. You're, you're, you think he should go for the, the, the sort of the win, if you like. But do you expect him to perhaps even come with something out of the blue? Uh, to be honest, I don't expect him to do anything new, especially with the run of form that Spartak are on. I don't think it'd be the right way to go about it. Should, sorry, sorry to stop you there. Wouldn't that be sort of the right thing to do in a way, just to try and really kick it? Just, just it would. Yeah, yeah, it would, but I don't think it would be the right thing to do against Liverpool. Maybe against someone in the league, maybe a lesser side, but I don't think Liverpool is the, the game to be testing new things out. And what about you, Toka? Would you like to see that kick, if you see what I mean? Something a bit different. Or do you think, you've talked about the player revolt as well, go, perhaps go a bit into that as well. Yeah, I think... I think with the, all the injuries Spajak had, I, I think they were without seven or eight players for this weekend's game. It's not like Carrera has a lot of options, actually. So um, he has to stick with what he knows because he, he doesn't have that many, many players ready, really, in, uh, in the squad for the game. And this weekend, they had a bunch of youngsters with no real uh, Premier League experience. And you can't throw guys like that in the mix in the Champions League, especially not against an opponent like Liverpool. So... Yeah, I, I definitely think he has to go with what he knows. Uh, about about the revolt against him, of course, it's only rumors. We don't have anything confirmed. Um, but there are stories about the players being unhappy with Carrera. And apparently Carrera asked them a few weeks ago, whether, do, do you want me to, to quit the job or not? Do you want, do you want to get rid of me? after a horrible result. And uh, so far, the club, the club is still behind him. The fans, very, uh, he's very popular among the fans. And, and they still support him. And, and want him to stay at the club, but um, as, as things are looking right now, I just I can't see him surviving the the season, unfortunately. And um, it seems like it's only a matter of time before he's getting sacked. As as Barca got drifting further and further away from not only the Champions League from but from European qualification in general in the league. And last last time in in the Champions League, they drew with Maribor. So yeah, things are not looking good right now, and and Carrera is definitely struggling. It seems like he has lost the uh, that he has lost. The locker room and and there are also stories about Fidu and the owner of the club not being that satisfied with him anymore. So it seems like only a matter of time before he'll leave the club. Now I remember a few weeks ago or a few months ago we had a bit of an unfortunate innuendo situation when I asked you to get your crystal balls out. So I'm going to ask you to get your crystal ball out and put a deadline on on Carreira. I I'll say if if um, if Spartak fails to get at least a third place in. Uh, in in the in the Champions League group stage, then he'll be gone by uh, by New Year. Okay, and w- would you go along with that, Artyom? or do you, do you think he perhaps even has an even shorter time span? Because I'm personally, I think he might do. Yeah, I think so as well. I don't think he'll even make it to the winter break, to be honest. Especially if they keep playing the way they are. Uh, it's quite unfortunate as well because, of course, uh, that team hadn't won anything in so long, and he came along. It looked all positive, and then. Now it's just gone back to the way it was. 
So with the, I'm thinking about the last game as well, Toker, against the, against the, I mean, the previous one against Maribor. Going to this Liverpool game now, would you say this is a must win? Because I'm thinking, because we mentioned on the last pod, and it's a bit of a European cliche, really, win your home games. Is this a case of that? Or because it's Liverpool, do you again take the draw? But then that's only two points from two games, and it's a bit, uh, you know. <laughs> well, Thomas, that's a good question. Of course, when they're playing the Champions League, you want to get the victories at home be able to, to defeat anyone. I mean, when you can't defeat Tosno, aren't you? You can't, or, or Maribor, you can't say, well, we have to win against Liverpool. Furthermore, of course, it, it depends on, on the ambitions of the team. I would be very surprised to see Spartak win or finish second in this group. In my opinion, finishing third is, is a realistic option. It's, it would be a fine result when you're in, in, a, in a group together with the strong teams like Liverpool and, and Sevilla. So if they can get a draw at home and, and then they only have to beat Maribor at home, that would be fine. They'll finish third, they'll go to the Europa League. The European campaign will live on, so that would be that would be a perfect result for me. I mean, beating Liverpool, of course, would be a dream for them. It would be such a, a big achievement. It could really change the pace of the whole season and, and give them some momentum. But I just can't see it happen. And and I think uh, if they get a draw, that would be that be a great result as well. And I don't think there's any any reason to risk anything this this early in the campaign. So no, I don't think it's a must-win game. Yeah, Artem, I was going to sort. Of- pose the same question to you but put it in a slightly different light here is Toka mentions that the, the draw would be a good result is the lot is a loss an absolute disaster do you think maybe not a must win but must get a point from you know I kind of agree with Toka here I don't think that uh, I expect Spartak to get through to the last 16 so I don't think a loss would be the worst result I just hope they can keep the scoreline down if it is a loss. I think obviously they'll be going for the win and a draw would be a good result as well but I don't think loss is a disaster. Okay, perfect. Just as we round off this section of the preview, guys, um, I'm going to ask you for your predictions. So again, it's time for those innuendo bringing crystal balls. Um, Toka, what, what's your what's your take? I think the Opal will win. Give me a score? Yeah, uh, two or three, two or three nil, something like that. I'll go with three nil. Wow, okay. Um, Ever ever the optimist. Uh, (laughs) And um, Artyom, what about yours? Yeah, I'll be a little bit more optimistic, but it's still a loss. I think it could be 3 1. I think Spartak will score. Liverpool's defence isn't amazing, but I can't see them winning this game. I was going to go for 3-1 as well, so that fits in well with me. I don't sound like an idiot. Um, <laughs> so the next preview, of course, is for Wednesday night. So we've got uh, Cisco at home. They're, they've got the visit of Manchester United. Now, in opposite, con- in contrast to Liverpool here, Man United, on a great run in the Premier League at the moment, had another win, uh, with recording this on Sunday, by the way, so had another great win yesterday uh, away at Southampton. And Cisco themselves, I mean, Toka not going along too badly. Well, they, it, it's a bit strange with their season because, you know, previously we spoke about, oh, they haven't done enough, enough investments, they, the squad isn't looking that strong and they don't have the same profiles as they did, as they did earlier, but they're still third in the league. They're only, only one point behind Krasnodar in the second place. And, I mean, overall, it's, it's still looking pretty good. They, want that, they got that amazing victory against Benfica in the Champions League two weeks ago, so... You can really be unhappy with the performance and so far this season. The, the thing I, I have to say is that the potential in the squad at the moment is limited. I, I just I can't see a, uh, past that fact, but 
but yeah, it, it's looking pretty good for them. They are, they look like um, they're ready for another uh, season in European football next season already. I mean, Artem, just looking at this match specifically against United, we spoke about Liverpool's Sparta, or Sparta Liverpool being this sort of really attacking theme match. With this one, we're going the opposite end of the scale. We're expecting this this to be quite conservative, really, from both sides. Uh, yeah, absolutely. I think I think Manchester United are actually going a bit more attacking this season, but Zaska, as always, are more of a defensive team, trying to hold off teams and then get their chances. But, yeah, I was actually watching the game against Dinamo yesterday, and, yeah, they they weren't exactly great going forward, and that was against the Dinamo defence rather than the United one. So I don't expect many goals in this one, to be honest. Unless they are from Manchester United. <laughs> well, that's. A, I'm glad that Toker. I'm glad that we've managed to get rid of Andrew, this sort of optimist who thinks that everything's going to be great, and we've got another pessimist. I think we should keep him on here, don't you? Yeah, it's really nice. Yeah, it's nice, to, nice, to, <laughs> nice to have a bit of reality in Andrew. If you're listening, a bit of reality kicking in sometimes, not necessarily a bad thing. But, uh, <laughs> but Toker, I mean, Artem, and I, we've just spoken about that sort of conservative, conservative aspect, and. The thing is, we speak about that Benfica win. Do you think that could actually change the mentality of Siska? Or uh, do you mean they they want to go forward more? Yeah, or? Well, actually, I've, in asking that question, I've just thought actually maybe that'll actually cause them to sit back more because they've got those three points in the bag. And as we spoke about on the last pod, there's now less pressure on them really. Yeah, and by sitting back, that was exactly how they got the victory against Benfica. They were quite cynical in that game. They were also quite lucky. They defended well. So I don't think Gunter Ingobles changes, changes his pro approach just because Manchester United are, uh, are visiting in Moscow. I think Cisco will they'll do what they do best. They'll sit back. They can't really afford going forward with those back and Obitinho or Chalov or whoever they start up front can, uh, can punish Man United defenders under counter um, Artem, just thinking about that, are we thinking, we t- let's speak a bit about United. What do we think United's strengths are going to this match specifically? We've, you've spoken about the goals, but I mean, Toka looks at that defence as well. I'm thinking, Cisco forward line not great. Could be a, could be a bit scary for Cisco, really. Uh, yeah, definitely. It's, it is a scary game for them, especially on the form that United are on. They they've been scoring a lot more goals this season, and with Lukaku up front, that's he's going to cause massive problems if he does play. But as well as that, they've got really creative players up front. They've got Rashford, Martial on the wings. They've got McTarry and Lingard. They've got lots of players that can go forward. So I think the best thing for Tuchel to do in this game is just to sit back and try and absorb that pressure. And I'm just looking back to that Benfica game, Toker. Are we going to just expect... I mean, you said that that's how they got the result against Benfica by sitting back. Do you think, perhaps, that United will be a bit more wise than Benfica? I'm not saying Benfica are an unwise team. Like I said in the previous pod, unbeaten at home in 2017, I think. But United will have that European nous about them, and Cisco will have to be careful. Obviously, obviously, United is a, is a much better team than Benfica. It's tough to compare the two, the two clubs, but it, it'll be interesting to see how Mourinho approaches this game because I don't think it's the top priority for him at the moment. United are going into a, they have some tough games coming up, and 
we know as, as the winter gets closer, they get more and more games. And yeah, Mourinho is a guy who's known just to win his, his home games and get draws away and move up, move steady through the Champions League without spending. But I, I think United will come. They, they won the first game. If they can win this one, it will be practically over for them. It's They have six points. They'll almost be ready for the next stage. And I think I, I can't see Siski getting much from this one. I know that they, they drew with United back was in 2014 or 2015, but they were so much stronger back then. I, I just I can't shake the feeling that what happened in in Lisbon was a bit of a fluke. So, uh, yeah, it's, it's tough for me to be optimistic on this one because United are also looking so strong at the moment. I mean, Artem, I've called you a fellow pessimist. That's a compliment, by the way. <laughs> but I'm just thinking about this match. Toka says he's not optimistic. I'm actually thinking Mourinho's usual conservative setup in Europe Rather than going all-out attack, which could really hurt that Cisco defence, if Mourinho decides to... I mean, he won't sit back as such, but, you know, he will... He'll be pragmatic about it, like we said about Carrera. That could actually go into Cisco's hands here, because they, Cisco won't want a high-intensity game. They'll be quite happy if the pace is nice and slow. Uh, yeah, absolutely. I think if the game does go like that, then Cisco will be very happy, especially because if Man United do decide to go for the win, it'll be very tough to soak up all that pressure especially with all those very quick uh, very creative players but yeah I, I, I don't know if if Mourinho does decide to go for that style of play I still think that you know it will have enough going forward to at least get a goal or two and let's look at the injuries now uh, Toka I mean, we're looking at uh, not many actually. This is this is just going by team feed, but the only actually, Artie, I'm sorry, Toker, I'm going to come to you first because I know you saw the match against Dinamo yesterday. Uh, we saw Mario Fernandez, the the fullback, go off with a, a concussion. Do you want to just tell the listeners about about the situation because I I know you're watching it. Uh, yeah, so basically, the ball came up in the air, and there was an aerial duel between Anton Sosnian and Mario Fernandez. Fernandez was kind of at the back, and. Uh, Ended up heading Sosnin's head. He tried to play on for a few minutes, but then he just kind of dropped to the ground and medics had to come on and stretch him off. So it didn't look good. But to be honest, he, he didn't actually look like he got the worst of it at the start because Sosnin came off with a full bloody head. But yeah, obviously it was quite serious. And yeah, he got subbed off just a few minutes later. I mean, I don't know if you saw the match, but it was Artyom who told well, told us earlier about that situation. I didn't know whether you saw the match. I didn't want to sort of say, did you see it? And then you'd be a bit embarrassed. But anyway, I knew you. I know you wouldn't be. But anyway, let's say Mario Fernandez is not fit. I, although we are sort of expecting him to be fit. We don't know how bad the concussion is. We haven't been able to really get much news on it this morning after yesterday's game. That's a huge miss if he's out. Arguably the biggest miss, I would say. It's a, it's a, it's a massive miss. I, I love Mario Fernandez as a player and I'm almost stunned that he's still playing for for Cisco because he's such a good player. He's uh, he, he's the complete package on the on the wing back. I, I really think so. One of the best players in the league. And if they are to do it without him, it'll be it'll be terrible for them because Nabakum his his backup is is just that's on he's on a completely different level uh, below him, of course, three or four levels below him, and you can't even compare the two. So. They really have to hope for Fernandez to to be ready because he is he's one of the most important players on the team. I know it, it sounds a bit strange to say that about a, the right back, but 
is just true with Fernandez, especially in in Gonzarenko's system, where he's playing as a, as a wing back instead of as just a normal defender, because he's he's such an important part of the of Siska's uh, attacking play because he's the one doing the crosses. He can he can really do anything, and and hopefully he'll be ready because a lot of uh, things depend on him. Artyom, another player that's, that grabbed the headlines against Benfica and has been grabbing the lines in the Russian league as well is um, Jamaliatdinov up front. <clears throat> Excuse me. So he will relish this occasion coming up against United, presuming he starts. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, yeah, if you watch him play, you can obviously see that he's a very talented player. Uh, as Toka said last week, it's actually good for him that Siska didn't sign any strikers this season because he's been able to come through and yeah he's completely relished uh, his opportunities Just going into this match against United uh, just quickly before I get predictions from the both of you Toko who would you say from from both sides as we know about the sort of styles of player both who would you say for Cisco is the key player and for who will Man United's key player be going up against the Cisco system? Cliche, but for Siska it has to be Akinfev. We have we have seen him make wonderful things in the Premier League. We've seen him single-handedly almost win Siska the champions uh, the championship two years ago with that stunning performance in Kazan. But we have also seen him drop, make stupid mistakes, and cause both the Russian national team and, and Siska to to lose points in in super important games. So we have to see him from the best side if he shows up. Uh, make one of his plays at his usual high level, then it's not impo- uh, impossible for Siska to get a point or a victory. But if he's not on his usual high level, if he makes some of those unnecessary, strange mistakes that he has a, a nasty habit of doing in these big games, then Siska don't stand a chance, unfortunately. So a lot depends on Akinfeb. And, and I really hope we see him from his best side because he can be such a wonderful goalkeeper when he when he plays on his on his highest level. And what about a United player? I don't know how much you see of United, but who who would really stick out for you from what you do know? No, I saw I saw United yesterday, and and I've seen a lot of f- football, uh, English football, since moving. Because what else are you going to do in the weekends? Uh, I have to go with Lukaku. I mean, I think he's on an eight-game scoring streak or something right now. And if he, if he is playing, I don't know if Mourinho has any plans of resting him. Then it would be a really big test for the for the Cisco defense and. Yeah, he's almost a guarantee for goal these days. So, yeah, they really have to find a way to shut him down. And what about you, Artyom? Are there any other players you'd pick out or would you go for those two as well? I think if Tuska are going to go and try and get a goal and not just sit back and soak up the pressure, I think Alexander Golovin would be one of the main players. I think sometimes you might not have the best game and you might not notice him. Like in Benfica, he didn't have the greatest game, but... When he's not playing, you can definitely notice it. And yesterday in the game against Dinamo, they really were missing him. He was out through suspension. But uh, for Manchester United, I completely agree with Toka. I'd say that Lukaku is just on an incredible run. And he's just the perfect player for Manchester United at the moment. And then finally, then before we move on to these Europa League previews, uh, quick predictions from the both of you. Toka, I'll come to you first. Yeah, I think United will take an arrow win, uh, one, 1-0 or a 2-1. I'll go with 1-0. And you, Artyom? Yeah, I'll say 2-0 to Man United. 
I was going to go 2-0 as well. To- Artem, come back every week, mate. Ignore everybody else. We'll just have our own pod. It's fine. Ignore everybody else. Yeah, yeah. Because great minds clearly think alike. Um, <laughs> so let's move on to these Europa League previews then. We'll, we'll start with Zenit. Uh, they're at home to Real Sociedad, um, which, as we, as you said before we came on, Artem, this is, this is their biggest game. Uh, yeah, absolutely. It is by far their biggest game in this group. Real Sociedad are a great side. Uh, I actually checked their results the other day and they've lost their last two games. Granted, one of them was to Real Madrid, but I still think that Zenit have the strength for this game. I think if they play the way they usually play and not the way they play against Dinamo St. Petersburg, I think they've got enough going forward to score a few goals and it all really depends on the defence and Real Sociedad's attack. And Toka, what, what, would you say that this is a, a must-win, or is it a bit similar to Spartak in that respect, where it's not too bad if they get a draw? You really want me to say that the game's a must-win? I think you, uh, you want every to draw some Every game's a must-win, mate. There's no reason, <laughs> no, otherwise no point in playing football. No, that's, that's of course true, but no, we, we only played one game, Senate even won the first game 5-0, so it's definitely not a must-win game, especially not when you play against perhaps the strongest team in the They can take this victory, actually. I, I think they they should get at least a draw, but it's not a disaster or anything if they lose. They should still be significantly stronger than both Vada and Rosenborg. So, no, it's definitely not a disaster, but if they can get a... I mean, if they win, they'll be, be in a really good position, and they can practically book the tickets for the next stage, but um, no, it's not, it's not a must-win game by any means. Uh, I think... Senna should get at least a draw for this one. So, for once, I'm, I'm a bit optimistic on Senna's behalf. Yeah, of course, Zenit haven't played their um, Russian Premier League game this weekend. That's taking place today, i.e. Sunday. Um, I actually think the pod will be out after that result. So, so fans will be able to judge Zenit's form in that respect. But, Artyom, let's talk about that Dinamo game a bit. Because, obviously, quite a bit of a rotated team. But let's let's give some praise to Dinamo because they were fantastic. They were 2-0 up, then got pegged back 2-2 and the character to then go and get that 3-2 win in extra time. Yeah, absolutely. Taking nothing away from Dinamo because, yeah, they they went 2-0 up. Zenit were down to 10 men, but I, I wouldn't really use that as an excuse. I think Zenit showed good character to get back into the game, but Dinamo were just just very good on the day. I think they deserved it more. And Toka, just looking at the the rest of the season, really, from a Zenit point of view, they won't be. I know they won't be too bothered about going out the Russian Cup, but does that worry you slightly that they can sort of lose a shot game like that? Somebody, a team that's meant to be in such good form. It is. It's also always worrying to see a team like Zenit lose to to a lower uh, ranked team like Dynamo Saint Petersburg, and especially we have to remember that. The Senate team that played on the day, it wasn't that bad. I mean, okay, Mancini did give playing time to some of the reserves, but he didn't go all out youngsters like some of the other Premier League coaches did. So it was definitely a game that Senate should have won. And it's always disappointing when, when a club of Senate size doesn't even make the like the semifinal quarterfinals. I mean, it was terribly early to, to be sent out and then by, uh, by the little brother of the city, the the arrival that was that just made it even worse. But okay, we have to remember that Cinema also quite unlucky to, to get a red card after was it ten minutes or something like that. Uh, of course, that makes it really difficult, no matter the opponent. So 
No, it, I don't think it's too worrying. I think Mancini might not be happy, but with Senate hoping to to reach the late, the late stages of the Europa League, I think he'll be he'll survive that they don't have to to take some long travels to the Russian Cup as well and and compete there. So I think it perhaps it's for the best actually. And let's go back to the Sociedad game here, Artyom. What would you say? should be Zenit's approach. We've talked about Sociedad's results recently. I mean, you'd mentioned those two losses, but it's well worth mentioning they won uh, three three in a row prior to that. So how would you say that Zenit should approach this game? I think they should just approach the the usual way they do with, um, you know, mainly attacking. I think Zenit's attack this season has been incredible. The way they link up, the way they play, the way they just seem to understand each other. And I think if they're going to win this game, then they need to be just playing the same way they usually do. And then, so I'm looking at the Sociedad results here again, Artyom. I mean, what you say sounds pretty pretty accurate, to be fair, in the attack-minded style, because I'm looking at uh, Sociedad have conceded six goals in the, in the last two games. I mean, like you said, one, three of them are against Real Madrid, but three against Levante. I'm thinking Zenit should really go for this and actually try and make a bit of a, a meal of it, if you like. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I think that Zen, Zen are definitely good enough to score a few past them, and I think that's the main thing, because Real Sociedad going away all the way to Russia, I think they will take a slightly more defensive approach. And I think if Zen can score one or two, then I think they have the game wrapped up. Now, Toka, my, my pessimistic friend, I'm going to bring all my pessimism over to you, because I'm talking all optimistic with Artem. I don't know why, because he's proved himself to be a great pessimist. But anyway, the point is, I'm looking at Zenit's previous European form, and you've mentioned Mancini there trying to get to the latter stages of the uh, the campaign, European. We could see another Zenit turn up here if we're not careful. Well, yeah, of course, Zenit is a good team, but I still think with Zenit, with the way they're playing at the moment, I think they, they have good chances. I don't think there's any reason to change anything for them at the moment. And even if they do lose, I mean, they still have three games left against Rosenborg and, and Vada, so it's, it's definitely, it's not a disaster for them. It's it. I don't want to say the game is not important, but I think it's it's a great opportunity for Senate to go out and show Europe what they can do, because they really have the chance to make a, okay, it wouldn't be an upset, but but to make a real state of intent, uh, um, real statement with a, a victory against the Sudat and, and a good performance, and, and I hope we'll, we'll see them from the best side, because then they can definitely play equally against a team like Sociedad from the Spanish League. So yeah, I think it's it will be a good game and, and I have high expectations for Senate. They really need to prove themselves that that what they're doing this season, that it isn't just a fluke that they're leading the Premier League, that that they actually that there is something behind all the, the good results we've seen so far and, and it, it can really kickstart the season and say, okay, this Senate team, they, they really mean business. And we talked about that style of play that might happen here, Artyom. Who, like, like I asked with the um, the Cisco, and I think I asked with the Spartak. I hope I asked with the Spartak ones. Um, what what are the key players for this match? Would you say? Uh, yeah, I think that um, the main the main player for Zenit this season has definitely been Alexander Kukorin. Uh Mancini's completely opened up the way he plays and linked them up with Sebastian Drusi, who completely understands his runs. And I think that link-up will be incredible if they do play against the, against Sociedad together. And who would you go with, Toko? I'm, I'm looking at somebody. Personally, I think 
someone like Artem Zuba, who we've seen have a bit of a comeback into the team recently after being dropped at the start of the season, he, he can have a big impact here. Oh, sure. I think Sinner's offense in general it will be uh, should be good. And, and Kokorin, and Zuba, and Teruzzi are all great players. And and yeah, definitely they'll be very important. I think I, ha- I have to go with uh, Paredes, though. Uh, he's one of the guys. He, he's been. This is the game he's been signed for. I mean, sure, it's good that he plays well in the Russian Premier League, but they paid so much money for him that these are the games, these big European games. This is where he has to shine. And and I really have high expectations for him coming in and leading and dominating the game from Sinner's midfield. Uh, there will be a lot of pressure on him, but it will also be a great chance for him to to prove that uh, he's not only in Russia for the money that he also he's also there because he actually wants to to achieve something with Senate and that he's still a, and that he is a great football player and that serves his spot on the Argentinian national team and yeah that that he can move to a bigger club in the future so I really want uh, want to see something special from him against uh, Sociedad and, and, I'm, and I'm sure that he's more than capable of, of going in and, and leading this in the team on Thursday Just before I ask you both your predictions I want to go back to something that we, we touched on earlier and I'll come to you for this Toker is that Artyom mentioned that Sociedad coming over to Russia might go a bit more defensive, which is a really good point. But I'm thinking, even if they do go defensive, they still have that threat on on the attack. And Zenit's defence, although improved over the summer, there will still be question marks which Sociedad will get at. Yeah, of course, Sociedad has some great players in the offense as well. I don't I don't think they'll come to Russia and, and go all out defence because it's still, we're only in September, it's it's not that it's not that extreme yet. It's uh, more when the teams come over in, in November or October. Then you see that okay, this is quite different from what they used to at home. But but we haven't really reached that time of the year yet. So I think I think Sociedad will actually stay relatively close to the normal game plan because they also know that it's early in the early in the group. And if they if they can get a victory, okay, that'd be fantastic for them. But they're not in a must-win mode uh, yet. So. I think we'll we'll come and, and see them. They'll try to play some some good football as well, and and I hope we'll, we'll get to see a lot of, of goals because it's two teams who has their strength in the offense. Okay, so before we move on to our final preview, quick prediction here, Artyom. Uh, I'm going to say two one to Zenit. I think they've got enough in attack. Maybe they'll concede a goal, but I think they'll win this game. And um, what about you, Toka? Yeah, I want to see two two one as well. Okay, I, I was. I'm sort of thinking about the 2-1, but I'm also thinking about the 1-1 draw, to be honest, because I'm not sure what... I mean, we saw about uh, saw against um, FC20 in the qualifiers that Zenit can still be a bit dodgy in Europe, and I think Sociedad could surprise a few people here, so I'm going to go with 1-1. Obviously, I hope for the Zenit win for Russian football, but I think it could be 1-1. Let's move on to our final preview then, and that is uh, Lokomotiv Moscow up against uh, Zlin, the, the Czech side. Um, Toka initial thoughts on this one I mean Lokom- just just worth mentioning that Lokomotiv haven't actually played this uh, Russian Premier League weekend yet yeah you know my first my first thought on this game is that it's a game I'd prefer not to watch because to be honest I think it sounds pretty boring with <laughs> a quite unexciting Lokomotiv team against a team from uh, from the Czech Republic which I've never really uh, heard of so but but Let's be uh, let's be fair to Lokomotiv. It, it's a bit an important game. They got that draw against Copenhagen away last last game out, and as I said, uh, that that was a fine result for them. They um, they got what they came for. Simon got what they came for, 
but now they, they really need three points. I mean, I, I didn't want to say must win games in the in the previous about the previous games, but Lokomotiv at home against uh, Schlin that is a must win game because they need to start the campaign now. They need to get three points on the table, otherwise it, they are in a dangerous water if they don't get the victory this this Thursday. Uh, Artyom, I know I know we haven't got you on for your knowledge of Czech football, but I'm just looking at the previous results here. Zlin on a bit of a bit of a messy run, really. No no wins in the last three. Um, only the two goals scored, three conceded. Like Toga says, surely a must-win here. Yeah, definitely. I think Lokomotiv should be winning their home games from now on. Um, I actually wanted to mention that Lokomotiv's group is actually the only one without a goal in it yet, which actually surprised me a bit. But, yeah, I, I think they have to win this one if they want to go through. I have to be honest, Artyom, that's, that does not surprise me when I look at the group. I mean, that's, we look at Zlin and Loco, but just look at this game again, Toka. Loco, we'll see how they do against Rostov this afternoon, of course. But what sort of start? We've seen Loco go with generally quite a conservative approach, but are we expecting them to go more attacking, or do you think they'll think, oh, we've got enough about us even if we stick to our original plan? I think we'll see Zlin go go uh, far back on the pitch and I think they'll leave the initiative to Lokomotiv so Lokomotiv will have to move up the pitch they'll have to take control over the game and because Schlin will be more than happy with the point in this one so it's up to Lokomotiv to, to set the pace of the game to create chances to to open up the game because I don't think Schlin will, will give them many chances they will of course aim at closing them down completely and this puts a lot of pressure on guys like uh, Alexei Mirdanchuk and uh, Manuel Fernandez because Obviously, these are the guys who make things happen for locomotive, and um, yeah, it'll, it'll be interesting to see how they how they fare. Of course, they have a lot of experience from the Russian league against very defensive-minded teams, so it, it won't be something new for them. It's it's not like a, an eye opener or anything because they know how how it is to play against teams like Rostov and Arsenal and Arlenberg and all these teams who just come to Moscow and, and set up five defenders in front of the goal, but. Yeah, it, it'll, it, it should be interesting to see how Lokomotiv uh, go about this. But I'm, I'm not too optimistic, actually, because Lokomotiv haven't been great recently. And their offensive uh, play isn't going well, very well. They were quite poor last week when they lost to Ankara at home. So, yeah, it, it, it's not looking good for them at the moment. Yeah, Artem, Toka mentions that, um, that attacking line, and Ari is a huge miss for them. Yeah, absolutely. They signed him in hope that he'd be their main goal scorer, and when he got injured, it was just it's just game over for them. Basically, they they're gonna have to rely on players like Farfan, Miranchuk, Fernandez going forward now. And although they all are very good and creative players, I think Ari was that finishing product that really gave them another dimension to their game. So Toka, I'm just looking at the other injuries. As well, we've got Vedran Chorluka out, but I, I don't want to disrespect Zlin and. To be honest, I hope they I hope they come and make a good fist of it, but I'm not I'm not sure they will. But Chorluka, generally a big miss for for Lokomotiv here, and it could cost them slightly if they're not careful. We mentioned uh, a couple of weeks ago how some of these European teams are, you know, maybe in sort of the smaller leagues, but in Europe they they seem to know how to operate. Yeah, I think when when you speak about uh, locomotive injuries, I think it's important to remember that none of them are really new injuries. I mean. They have been without Kaluga since 
since March. So it's not like he was injured last week. They they have gotten used to playing without him. And Ali was injured just at the beginning of the season. So they have played a good handful of games without him now as well. So it's 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 not uh, news that these guys are out. They they know how to. They've gotten used to playing without them. But yeah, as as Artem said, that uh, Ali was such an important player for them, especially in the spring when they won the the uh, the Russian Cup. And it'll be interesting. I mean, the signed eight of the guy who who finished off the Euro, the Euro final a few years ago, but he hasn't really done anything yet. And to be honest, I've been he's been quite underwhelming, really. Uh, hopefully, this can be a sort of a breakthrough game for him because Lokomotiv they really need a striker, and right now he's the only option in the squad. Uh, yeah, as for, as you asked for for the game, you see these games obviously for Slint going to Lokomotiv. That's that's a huge game for them. It's uh, it's at, at a top modern stadium. It's against a European class opponent, and never played European football, Slim. By the way, until well, exactly, it's, ago, yeah. it's perhaps the most important game in the club's history, really, and the big, or the biggest game at least. And they will be extra motivated for this game, and because also because they believe they can get a, a, at least a point against Lokomotiv. I mean, they know the same things we do. They know the Lokomotiv are in engaged great shape at the moment. They know that they are weak going forward. So. I think they're quite optimistic. Uh, perhaps they're not saying it out loud, but I think when the squad speak with each other uh, behind closed doors, they think, okay, well, this locomotive side, it, it really isn't that great. So let's see if we can get something from uh, from this trip to Moscow. Will Loco be able to handle the pressure, Artyom, of that must-win game? I mean, we saw the... The thing is, I'm thinking, no, but at the same time, we did see them in the Russian Cup do so well last season. So they do have that big game mentality. But I'm just wondering... This sort of must-win scenario in the European phase, they're not that used to it. So this pressure could could tell a bit. Uh, no, they're not used to it. But I think the quality they have, uh, obviously I haven't watched too much of Zlin, but uh, I, I think their quality should get them through. Apart from that, obviously they, they might struggle under the pressure, but I can't see them losing this game or drawing it even. So, just to round off, by the way, I've just been looking at the, the Zlin um, Wikipedia page. Obviously, that reliable piece of information. I've seen Zlin have had 11 different names in their history. So, that's pretty impressive. That's a good stat for you. Um, <laughs> but just quick prediction from you, Toka, just to round off this preview and generally the podcast. I want to be optimistic, Thomas. I really want to be optimistic. Um, this is your chance. This is yeah, this is never played chance. in Europe. Come on. Exactly. So, I'll go with uh, a narrow, a very... Uh, and a narrow locomotive win, like we'll go with one nil. I don't. I really don't expect uh, anything good from from locomotive. I think they'll struggle much more than we expect uh, on Thursday. But yeah, as Osman said, it, they still have enough. They should have enough quality in the squad to to get the three point from this game, and they, they really should advance from the group. So yeah, I'll go with the one nil victory. But I think it will be a lot a lot less convincing that than many people expect them, expect from them. And um, what about you, Artyom? Would you go for something similar? Yeah, I was actually going to say 1 0 as well because I, I expect Lynn to go very defensive and I think Lokomotiv will find it tough to break them down. Towards the end of the game, though, I think they will score, but I'm not too sure they'll score more than one. Okay, I'm going to go for 1 0 as well. So, all for, for you, all the punters out there, get under 1.5 goals on your betting sheets because I'm sure that's going to come off. But gambling aware and all that. <laughs> but let's just uh, round off the pod here. Thanks again to uh, Token Artyom. So let's do our usual roundup of social media. Um, Token will come with yours first, your your personal Twitter handle. 
Ja, yeah, you can find me at uh, Tokathelade. That's T-O-K-T-H-E-I-L-A-D-E. And Artem, obviously, as you're new to the podcast, uh, let's have your, your Twitter as well. Uh, yeah, you can find me at A Makarevich. That's spelled A-M-A-K-A-R-E-V-I-T-C-H. Okay, perfect. Uh, I'm Thomas underscore Giles underscore UK. Thomas and then Giles is G-I-L-E-S underscore UK. Perfect. Um, just to go through the Russian social media stuff, we haven't got Andrew to bother us about the Predictions League, but do go on the Russian Football News Facebook page to go on the Predictions League. I didn't mean to lambast it like that or sort of demean it, Andrew, if you are listening, but do get involved because it is a great bit, bit of fun and Andrew does put a lot of time and effort into it and you can join at various stages. So if you haven't signed up yet, Andrew will find a way to put you in and make sure you, you're still on an even playing field. So that's Russian Football News Facebook page at Russ Football News on Twitter. We're also at Russ Football News on Instagram, uh, Russian Football News contact your page. And then, of course, we've got the website, RussianFootballNews.com. You can find this podcast along with lots of other great ones on uh, World Football Index. Do subscribe to the podcast on iTunes and SoundCloud. And um, we will see you on the next podcast. Enjoy the games next week. Идет подбольный матч, летит над полем мяч.